I very much love spending the time I'm getting to spend with Jeremiah because I, I, I maybe have shared this story with you before, but since I've been at uh, St. James, for some reason, I have taught this book, this prophetic book, twice. I can't tell you why. There's, it's, there's 66 books in here, and I've been here, uh, you know, I've been here 30, almost 30 years. I'm in my 30th year, and I've taught Jeremiah, which is a long book, and I used to think one of my least favorite prophetic books. And you're allowed to have favorites. I told you that earlier, though, didn't I? Don't get caught up in that whole favorites thing. My challenge with Jeremiah is there's long sections of uh, condemnation before you get to a moment of hope. And then more condemnation and then more hope. And that's, that's hard to hear. And if you're teaching a Bible study that turns out to be like, I don't know, six or eight months long, and every reading is, ugh, you bunch of crud buckets, get out of here. It, it, it just really is a, it's a downer. It's a downer. Uh, you keep waiting for those moments when Jeremiah says, oh, but there's hope. Well, the text I've chosen for this, uh, this summer, the six that we are studying, and uh, they're mostly hopeful texts. And I forgot just how hopeful Jeremiah could be even in the midst of the worst possible moments. Uh, this week, we have a piece of, uh, of Jeremiah where he's writing to the people who have been taken into exile, uh, writing to people who uh, have been carried away. They've been conquered by the Babylonians, by Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, one of the ways to break the back or the, you know, to break the back of your enemy is to take away all the very best of the best. They don't take everybody away. They take away the priests and the prophets and the scholars and all the leaders, and they take them back at, to Babylon and let them live there and actually make a living and add to the economy of Babylon, uh, where, you know, who's going to rise up back at home when all the good leaders, at least the ones that they imagine are the good leaders, have been taken away. So Jeremiah writes a, a letter in the 29th chapter uh, of uh, the book of Jeremiah to the people there. Uh, and so I thought I would read a piece of that letter to you. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for, its, uh, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. 
For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. This is a word from the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almost everyone I know has at some point in life been somewhere they didn't want to be. I mean, be honest with me. How many of you, it could be, uh, it could be a life situation, uh, it could be a marriage, it could be uh, a location, you know, you don't want to live so far from people that you love, or you don't want to live so close to people that you love but don't want to see all the time. I mean, it, wherever you are, there's a way to see that place as the place you don't want to be. I don't want to be in college anymore. I want to graduate and go to work. I don't want to be at work. I want to go back to school again. I, you know, I don't want to be at home. I want to be on my own. I don't want to be on my own. I want to be at home again. I want someone to take care of me. I want someone to stop taking care of me. I don't want to, whatever it is, there's always a place that we are, maybe not always, but there are often places in our lives where we are where we don't want to be. This is not the place, you know. Uh, there are places I'm supposed to be and this isn't it kind of idea in our lives. Now, the Israelites have been conquered by the Babylonians and the leaders, what some people might call the cream of the crop, have been taken into exile. And they're there. And apparently they have local prophets who are saying to them, God wants you to rise up here, to not do good here, so you can go back home. And Jeremiah writes and says, no, no, be where you are. Be where you are. And don't just be where you are, build houses. Now, the Israelites are used to, or at least at one point in their history, are very used to moving around from place to place. It doesn't say pitch tents where you are, temporary housing. Build houses. Plant gardens. Marry. Have children. Give your children away in marriage. Be where you are and make the best of it. And not only make the best of it, but work for the welfare of the city that you find yourself in. And not only work for the welfare of the city you find yourself in, pray for the city that you find yourself in. Because the welfare of that city will be your welfare. When I was younger, 
One of my uh, one of my favorite songs that I can't remember all the words to now. So maybe the rest of it's pretty good. But the chorus is something about we are not home yet. Don't worry about what's going on in your life because we're not home yet. What if we are home? And by home, I mean knowing that God is with us where we are right now. Not when we get to heaven, but right now. What if no matter what is happening in your life, no matter how horrible or how good, God is with you now? Now, not next week, not when you get there, wherever the there is you imagine you've got to be. No wonder no one is happy. We bought into the lie, no, okay, here we're going to go, that the founding fathers said to us that we all have the right to pursue happiness. I want to tell you something, if you're pursuing happiness, you will never find it. Happiness is not something that is over there. It's either a byproduct of where you are or you don't have it. You can chase after happiness your whole life and imagine it's always that greener grass that's somewhere else. These Israelites had to be thinking that. The greener grass is back in the promised land. It is not here. It is not here. The promised land isn't here. It's in heaven where there are pearly gates and golden streets or whatever. But what if home is here? What if home is now? What if instead of, and I'm not saying settle. If you're in a bad place, in a, in a bad time, if you're in an abusive relationship or some other thing, that doesn't mean, I'm not saying to you stay there and let it go on. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying the lesson you may need to learn is you've got to go. You've got to find that place where the abuse doesn't happen. But home is here. Wherever I am, God is with me. In and around and through me. If Paul is right, and there are quite times I question if that boy is right in the New Testament when he's writing, but if Paul is right, in God, I live and move and have my being. In God. Which means that I'm in God. I'm in God. Oh my gosh, I'm in God here too. There's no place I can go and escape the presence of God. Jonah learned that, just took a little whale visitation. Uh, the truth of the matter is, where we are is where we build our home. Right here, right now. In the midst of a pandemic, where do you build your home? Many of us found what our home looked like. Maybe a lot more than we ever wanted to know what our home looked like. We're so used to getting up and going and being somewhere else when we want to. And if we admit it to ourselves, there are lots of ways we escape from where we are at any given time. When I'm sitting in a tough place for me, I flip on the television. I watch a movie. 
oh my goodness, how many streaming services do we have now? The, the children share some of theirs with us and we share ours with them. We have more movie channels and more channels we could watch and we can't find a thing to watch. There's like a bazillion channels and every show known to humanity. What are we watching? Shows we've seen before. We're watching ER again. From the 1990s. Hannah called us last night and she was like, what are you guys doing? We're watching ER. And Hannah remembers ER because Hannah would always get restless at about 10 o'clock on a Thursday night when we were watching ER. And she'd come to the top of the stairs and say, I'm just going to lay here and sleep. Yeah. And listen to ER. That's exactly what was going on. She knows this, probably knows the shows by heart. The truth is we escape through any possible means. It is hard to stay where we are, to build houses and find our home here now. Because if we can't be at home in God here and now in this moment, how do we expect to be here at home with God in eternity? Because this is a piece of eternity. Think about it. Eternity isn't tomorrow and beyond. Eternity begins before us and ends after us because it's eternity. <laughs> and we're in it already. This is my home. I'm going to build a house here. I'm going to plant a garden here. Now I'm not really because I'll kill the plants. They just don't grow for me. But they do for other people. If that's you, plant a garden. I'll read a book right where I am, and, and that'll work. Be where you are. You see, I kept thinking God would speak to me sometime in the future. I kept waiting. And I didn't listen now. <laughs> I didn't listen. How am I supposed to hear God if I'm waiting to hear from? Because it's never the future. It's always now. Okay, maybe five minutes, God's going to talk. I'm talking right now, James. You're just not listening. I'm talking to you in, in the sun that's come out. I'm talking to you in the sound of rain. When I got up at five o'clock this morning and I got my cup of coffee and I sat in my chair sort of to prepare for today, and I sit in the dark and drink my coffee, and to, the, normally I open the blinds and look outside because it's twilight at 5 o'clock in the morning, except in the middle of winter when it's just dark. But I didn't even open the blinds, because I sat down, and before I could even get up to open the blinds with my cup of coffee, I just heard the sound of the rain, and I decided I would just sit and be with the sound of rain and the slurping of me taking my coffee drinks, and just sit quietly for a moment and appreciate that sound. Now, now, this is where I am now. There will always be moments in your life that you want to run away from. Maybe this isn't one of them, but they'll come. The days back beginning in April on Easter Sunday, when I put Linda in the hospital, and she was in the hospital in one form or another for 32 days, I didn't want to be there. But I didn't want to not be there. I wanted us to get past this. 
I wanted the doctor to give me an answer now, fix it, and for Linda to come home and be 100%. That's what I wanted right now. What that period of time taught me, and it was a hard lesson, uh, is not that God wanted Linda to be in the hospital for 32 days. I don't believe that God did. But that God never left Linda and that God never left me. Whether I was sitting in her room for the four hours a day I was allowed to be there because of COVID protocols and restrictions, I was allowed to be there. And for the first 11 of those days, she didn't really know me or herself or what was going on. And those were the moments when I felt myself I would sit down and I'd be close to her and I want to be close to her. But I could feel my body just want to get up, walk away, walk around, do something, be somewhere else. Those were the moments I wanted to run away the most. And those were the moments when being present allowed me to hear God's voice say, just be here, James. Deep down, Linda knows you're here. And I know you're with her. And I'm with both of you. I'm with both of you. Just be here, James. Just be here. I'd like to say that's the only time I've had to learn that lesson and that now I've, that's a box I can check. (laughs) I read this text this week and I realized I'm just as bad today. Give me a bad, a, a, a struggly text or something to go on that bothers me. I'll run over and turn the television set on. And I'll wonder, when did I even get up out of my chair and turn this on? When your unconscious decided that you didn't want to deal with these things anymore? The people of Israel who were in exile didn't want to hear this word. Build your homes there. Be where you are. They didn't want to hear it. They wanted to hear Come on home. But it wasn't time. It wasn't time. Because home was where they were, where God was with them. I'm sure you might be going through now or at some point, past, present, or future, a desire to get away from whatever is. But is is what you've got. Can this moment be a moment you trust God enough to believe, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here now. Not anticipating, not regretting, here. And maybe in the quiet moment, God can find a way to catch us with God's eternal love. Be where you are. Be where you are. Practice that this week. When you find yourself running away, catch your breath. Because when we catch the patterns, we can avoid following the run away. At least this time, 
You'll have to catch it again the next time and the next time. I'd like to tell you it's a one-time lesson. It's not. But this week, pay attention to the things that make you want to want to run away. What, what are those things? What does it bring up in you? What, did, what fear does it draw out in you? Why do you not want to be where you are? Let that be your assignment this week. Be where you are. And when you don't want to be, to try to figure out why. Why not here? Why not now?